Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Smith. No matter what goal you're working towards, I hope to show you that chasing health does not have to be a difficult or scary ordeal. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things related to becoming a best version of yourself, whether that's through nutrition, fitness, mindset, or life topics in general, we've got you covered. All right, let's not waste any more time and dive right into the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Roundtable. Got another Q&A today. Got a lot of great questions. We're going to start with some fitness questions. And then if we have some time, we've got some great mindset-related questions as well. But back with the guys. What's up, Chris and Brevin? What up? What's going on? Now we're known as the guys. I like it. <laughs> we're like a, a boy band chasing the guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna rival in sync for sure. Yes, yes. I, I I feel like we need to now change it from Coach Tron Table to chasing the guys. <laughs> I, I feel like the fact that in sync's the boy band that I go to shows that I am getting old now. Right. Or, yeah. or Backstreet Boys. Yeah, yeah I, I would mean, say Backstreet Boys. Both but... both bang. What about Hanson? <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm let's dive you, on in here. Lifestyle um, podcast, man. I, I know. Well, it, it's so funny. I feel like we could seriously talk for like I think like two hours before this, and we, I still think it's a great idea. One day, one day we'll make a lifestyle podcast that they can just listen to us just ramble. <laughs> but really they're here for the questions. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but they're here for some questions and answers. So let's dive into that. Number one, Heidi asked, does it matter how heavy the weight is when strength training? When is it just too heavy? Brevin. I love this question. Uh, <laughs> that, that limit does not exist. It is never too heavy. Um, no, but for real, um, in the context of how I think you're actually asking the question, um, I, I think most coaches, the way that they're going to program you is it's going to be some sort of rep range, um, six to eight, eight to 10, 10 to 12, 12 to 15, whatever it is. Um, you want to lift as heavy as you can inside of that rep range. Um, when it comes to building muscle, when it comes to hypertrophy, um, the number one indicator of how much muscle you're actually going to grow is how close to failure you're training. So if you're doing 20 pounds and you get to rep eight and you've got 10 more in, in you, well, then you're not, it's not heavy enough. You're not going to, now I will say when you're newer into the gym, that threshold is going to be significantly bigger than someone like us who has been lifting for a while. Like we have to train pretty close to failure, pretty consistently to see those results. Someone who's just stepped in the gym, you pick up a weight and your body's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> but the, the more that you do it, the closer you have to train. Um, so some practical recommendations I like to give is, is what it's called a double progression. You don't progress one variable until you progress the other, that being weight and reps. So you don't progress the weight until you progress all the way through the rep range. So let's say, for example, 20 pounds gets you eight reps, six reps, six reps. The next week you do eight, seven, seven, and then eight, eight, eight. No, then the following week you do the 25 pound dumbbells and you probably drop back down to that six and you continue to increase once you max out the rep range for all three sets. Um, lifting heavy is great. Building muscle and strength is great. And it helps with so much more than just fat loss. There's so many reasons we could get into as to why you should be focusing on getting as strong as you possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with everything. I think Brevin covered almost everything I was going to talk about. <laughs> Um, but I always go back to like, where are you starting out? And that's kind of going to get into our second question. So I don't want to get too much into that, but like, what are your goals? And yeah, you can almost, when you are starting out, you can almost look at the weights 
and like you're going to start to see results, um, you know, those beginner gains and, you know, things like that. But um, yes, obviously weight does matter. You're going to get to a point where your body is just going to adjust. Like if you just did 25 reps of eight pound dumbbells, your body is going to adapt to that. And it's going to not going to be doing anything for those muscles. You're going to have to go heavier. And then you're also going to go have, have to go heavier. And I think that's why like we do change things up, like, you know, progressive overload and like we change up exercises, change up angles, like all of that stuff can really make a difference. I, I can, I, I put it to you this way is like, I can sit there and be in a gym for six, eight months straight. And then I go, go I go golfing and I'm sore the next day because I've hit muscles <laughs> a different way. Like, and that's yeah. kind of the way I, I look at things in the gym. It's like just changing up the angle of an exercise, changing up one small exercise of like, um, just with your squats, like you can feel it differently in your legs. So that's yeah, where I, mean, I would go with it. Her, it was, it was actually funny mentioning, um, you know, feeling it different ways. Like her and Stacy go to the gym together a lot. They said that they, um, were like really focused. So they went and met with a trainer in person just for like one session, just to like learn some things in person rather than in like just saw with me and which was awesome. They learned a lot. And with that, then they were like, you know, they were like, we really focused more on our form and like we slowed things down a lot. And I was like, ah, so I didn't like a little bit of tempo in there. And they're like, we are so sore. And I was like, yep, <laughs> tempo will destroy you and make you really, really sore. I'll tell you right um, now, my ass is sore from my leg workout the other day. <laughs> yeah. And one other, so one thing I did want to highlight as well. In terms of when is it too heavy, the only time I would say that is important is if your form is breaking down, is make sure that, you know, if you are going up in weight that you are doing it correctly and not just picking up, you know, a, a 50 pound dumbbell when you've been using 20s, you're like, oh, they say lift heavier. And then like your form is just complete shit. Like at that point, we really need to make sure that your form is still really good there. Yeah. And, and I want to touch on something Chris said too. He talked about progressive overload. And I think it's a good time for us because we, we have a lot of questions on like exercise today, like define what progressive overload means. Um, we talked about like how to be able to see progress. You have to be training at a certain threshold close to that failure point to be able to elicit the gains. Like you have to essentially think about like you have to force the adaptation to happen. If you're not doing anything that's going to force the adaptation, it's not going to happen. So over time, and it doesn't have to even be necessarily week to week. It can be month to month, block to block, year to year. You're doing more weight, more reps, more tempo or better tempo, better control, better efficiency of your lifts. Um, there's something that's progressing in that lift over time because if you're never doing that, if you are training with those 20-pound dumbbells and you're hitting eight reps and it is that threshold, well, eventually it's going to be four reps, five reps, six reps, seven reps, eight reps, 10 reps away from failure because you're going to continue to get stronger and then you're going to stop making progress. That's where you see so many people with those newbie gains go up, up, up and then never progress again because they yep. never have any sort of progressive overload. So it's something that like you don't necessarily have to force progressive overload, but over time, like to continue to see the result, you have to continue to do a little bit more. Well, yeah. yeah and that, that oh, Go ahead, Chris. Oh, no, I was going to say like you bring up, I think you bring up even a, a great point in regards to lifting like there's so many other ways to establish wins it can be your endurance right it can be strength and it's kind of like same thing with fat loss if you're just only focusing on one unit of measurement there as well like that scale like it, you need to get into the gym and like start to actually pushing your some weight around and realize that there's so many other avenues of wins uh that you can achieve whether that is your body composition that's changing strengths in the gym like there's just so many great things about it yeah. And, and one thing I was going to say as well, I think a great example of this, so it's a little more context is like, you know, Brian, when you were saying like all the people with the newbie gains that eventually then plateau and never make any more progress, 
I mean, think about people who do like, you know, these group fitness classes or like Orange Theory or F45 and things like that. When they first Ooh, start controversy. <laughs> hey, I have no worries talking about it. It has its time or place. Like, don't get me wrong. It has its time or place. Hey, I just made a piece of content on it, too. But the way I look at it, it's great for getting started. Right. It, it really like if you are somebody who's brand new in the gym, you have no clue what you're doing and you just need a sense of a little bit of a community support, knowing what to do and just getting your body moving. Sure. Like if, if that gets you going inside of a gym and doing something, that's great. But at some point, those things are never designed to progress. They are focusing on more on like just doing the same thing. Like, yes, they change out the workouts, they change it, but they change it too much. So it's like you never even can tell, like, are you actually progressing? Right. Like you might do a goblet squat, you know, one day and then maybe you don't do it again for another like six weeks before you do another goblet squat again. And by that time, like, do you even know like what you did last time? Like there is no sense of progression which is why people will make a lot of maybe newbie gains when they first start out Orange Theory or any other group fitness class. But after a while, they do start to plateau their progress because they're not ever doing anything different to actually make progressive overload. Yeah, and that's called the kitchen sink method. They throw everything at you. You do a little bit of strength training, a little bit of endurance, a little bit of cardio, and like your body's like, holy hell, what is going on? Six months later, you're not making any progress as far as your physique or your strength or anything like that. Uh, but I agree with you. I do think they get a lot of hate and I hate on them a lot, but they are, if it's going to get you into the gym to start, go do it. But you are eventually going to have to be more specific. The said principle, specific adaptations to impose demands. If you want to build muscle, if you want to get stronger, you have to train that way. And that's not the way to do that. Yeah. Awesome. Revan, what's number two? (laughs) Um, number two, Katie Shoemaker. For those who have had minimal to no workout history, what's a good starting point? Everyday changes like parking further from the store entrance or taking the stairs instead of the elevator or small lifestyle changes to build a foundation. I love this question. Chris. Um, yeah, I think starting out with Orange Theory is great. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, I, yeah, I, I agree. I love this question. I think it just starts off like exactly where you're at is if this is no workout history at all. Honestly, start building the habit of just walking. Um, you know, it, depending what your goals are, like if it's it's fat loss, like I would focus like ninety percent on your just nutrition and starting to just go on a fifteen to twenty minute walk. I love what you brought up there in the question, even of like just parking further away, looking at like increasing your steps. If you're building awareness around how your movement now, maybe that's a thousand, two thousand steps. Like go to four thousand steps next week, you know, and do that for a week or two, and then go to six thousand. Slowly start to build there. Once you build consistency and you're like, okay, I'm actually really enjoying this. I'm fueling my body. I have more energy. Then we can start looking at maybe like um, a gym workout if that's something that you're interested in or doing something with bands, dumbbell workouts at home. I think for me, I want to establish the habits of actually building that consistency there, Um, whether that is around just walking or band workouts, whatever that looks like for you. But that's that's kind of where I would start is like with the foundational pieces. Yeah, I think it's just it all it all goes back to like what are you going to be consistent with? Like you said, Chris is like if if you're if you can't stay consistent by jumping straight into the gym, going three four days a week, then like start with the walking, then start with just some going maybe going to the gym and just getting on the treadmill, walking in the gym. That way, you're at least you're getting exposing yourself to the gym itself. Then it's like, all right, today I'm going to actually go out to the, uh, you know, work on some of the machines Then I'm going to, and maybe even start like, you know, I know a lot of gyms even offer like a free hour in the very, when you first get started, use it as like orientation to like, just get familiar with the machines. That's what I did on like my very first day in the gym, set up an hour with a trainer. They showed me around to like eight, 10, 15 different machines around the gym. 
just so I at least knew what I was doing, what settings I'm choosing and things like that, somewhere to start. And then it was like, it was actually a few months before I even started feeling comfortable to go out onto the weight floor and actually started using dumbbells. And then like, then I got a trainer again, work on some barbell work. And like, so all of this is progression and it all can be based off what you're doing, right? Some people might feel comfortable like, hey, I'm going in day one, like let's pick up some dumbbells. That's amazing. Some people, they're not even ready to go into the gym just yet. So find where you're comfortable at and then start working up from there. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys have really touched on everything. Um, this is the the concept of like finding your floor, I think. Like, what could you do on your worst, craziest, busiest week? Like, what can you be consistent with? If you're not, if you've done nothing so far, well, we probably shouldn't jump into six days a week in the gym, five days of cardio, tracking your every calorie and protein and carbs and fats and all this kind of stuff. Like, what can you be consistent with? Maybe it's one time a week going to the gym. Maybe it's tracking your your calories. Maybe it's eating more fruits and veggies. Like, pick whatever you can and start to be consistent with that. Yeah. What do you tell somebody, what do you say to somebody that's, uh, I had a comment on my post the other day about, oh, I, I work out twice a day and it's like four hours a day. And I, and I'm like, what? Like, how, how's that even like sustainable? A third of your day is working right. out. I yeah. would say, first of all, you're probably not making that much progress. Second of all, you're not a professional athlete. I almost guarantee that. So like, that is, I love the gym, but fuck that. Yeah, and I then, know. Like, but also like you have to look at like, how do you actually make progress? And I think this is a great way to look at it is stimulus recovery adaptation. If you apply a stimulus, even if you are kicking your ass in the gym, if you can't recover from it, you're never going to adapt. That's exactly. You're probably not even training hard enough to like, if if you're able to train eight hours a day, you are not training hard enough. I'm sorry. Well, four (laughs) hours. It was, I think it was like three to four hours total in the, in the gym. That's still crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. But also like, I think that goes back to our first question too. Like you can ask yourself like stimulus recovery adaptation. Am I applying enough of a stimulus? Am I training hard enough? Am I then recovering enough sleep, hydration, um, nutrition? If so, if I can check both of those boxes, then great. But if you're not training hard enough, well then no matter how good you recover, you're not going to adapt. And if you're training way too hard, just like absolutely kicking your own ass every single day of the week, well, no matter how good your recovery is, you're not going to be able to match that. Yeah. I feel like there's junk sets after a certain Oh, there's one thousand percent is right. Like, yes. like you're just not doing any. You're actually probably doing more harm than good after a certain point. If you yeah. can do twenty sets in a workout, you're not training hard enough at all. Yeah, yeah I actually yep. just had that conversation with one of my newer clients that just started about we cut back his volume a lot because I was like, at some point, like it's just a lot of junk volume, and it's like you're not even like, getting any benefit from that. So that's yeah, one of my I mean, favorite conversations with the client when they're like, "Oh, but like maybe we could do more," and I'm like, "If you can do more on this." you're not training hard enough. Like, let's look at your videos. And they're like, oh, okay. And then you, you like get on there, like bench press. And like, you're like, oh, you're done. Oh no. <laughs> I think we talked about this before. And, and I think Chris and I have, have mentioned it. Like what I like, I actually did this last week with one of my in-person clients. Um, my failure set. Um, mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, this is, I was like, we can go up. And he's like, no, no, I don't think I can go up. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Um, but I'm secretly going to show you how much more you can do. We were doing the, uh, the leg press and, uh, I'm like, all right, keep going. He's like, how many more? I'm like, two more, two more, two more. We did like 10 more reps than he has been doing. And he's like, oh my God, like that burns. I was like, yeah, but guess how many reps you did? You did 10 more than you, you thought you could. He's like, oh, <laughs> I was like, maybe next time you'll believe in yourself a little bit more. Yeah. That's right. Um, awesome. All right. Number three with Peggy. Um, we got how long before I stop hurting every day? I've been asking myself that for years. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're laughing at this because some context for those listening. 
it's referring to like after a workout when we've all we've and we're laughing because we've all been there after like a really bad leg day and you can't even get off the toilet yourself. <laughs> like yeah. we've all been there. And so, um, you know, when it comes to like the recovery standpoint and like whenever you're doing something new, we've, and we actually just talked about this a little bit, but like whenever you're doing something new, you are going to have some soreness after a workout like if it's a different type of workout if you're changing up tempo you're changing up like sets and reps you're like pretty much like any type of change your that your body has not adapted to yet you're going to have some soreness and so it's something that if you are brand new like day one you went to the gym like you may have maybe overdone it a little bit and not saying you did but like sometimes some people when they do start out their very first time they do way too much and then it's like like you feel good in the moment, but it's like, you're really going to feel it when you stop that workout. So if that happens, like I, I would just like ease yourself into it a little bit slower. So you don't have as much of that time that like you're going to have to spend recovering and just really focusing on like good quality nutrition, get your sleep, you know, get some, like maybe do like a little bit of like, um, just active movement, you know, going out for like walking, stay active. Like the worst thing you can do is like sit down and not do anything when you're sore. Trust me, it's just going to make it worse when you have to get back up again. So stay moving as much as you don't want to. The best thing you can do is just stay active. Just some really low impact stuff. And just to prepare you, sometimes day two is even worse. <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> Yesterday, I was like, okay, I don't feel too bad. I did, and then you uh, wake up and you're like, oh, well, I, <laughs> danger. I did read really heavy RDLs for the first time on like the barbell in a while. And the the lengthened position of muscles like creates a lot more damage and i woke up today and i was like oh yeah there, <laughs> there it is but again this is the said principle specific adaptations to impose demands like you're going to eventually um adapt to it and you're not going to be quite as sore but that's a good yep. feeling it means you did something it is. Right. i love the feeling yep all right Cool. Number four, Kim McGrath said exercises for beginners. I've had both my hips replaced and I'm still cautious about movement. I'm afraid of hurting. Revan. Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, I would say like, what are you cleared for? Like get some yeah. clearance from a doctor. I'm sure you've had a physical therapist. I like, get some clearance from them. They are the, obviously the experts on that. Um, and then start slow. Maybe it's squat to a high chair. Maybe it's squat to just a regular chair. Like there's so many ways that you can regress and progress movements. Um, it doesn't all have to be like, this is the only way to do it. Um, even if you just start out walking, like if you're doing nothing right now and you just start walking, like, Hey, that's fantastic exercise. One of the most underrated things you could possibly do for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I did a really good, um, exercise with somebody that, you know, the chairs obviously like at a machine that lift up to set the uh, height of the machine at the gym. So what I did was I set it at a specific height. I had her squat down to that height. And I, I knew where exactly where that height was. And then I slowly lowered it down and like created more depth there. Um, and at the end of it, she was actually able to get down to the lowest one, but she had a hard time with like any lower body strength. She was a very small woman. Um, and like, so like, that's how we did it. And that's kind of like what I would look there. I love your idea of just going out on, getting on a walk, starting there, seeing how your body feels. And I also think when you're nursing an injury like that, like you need to give it longer time, like. Don't just go like on two walks or three walks and be like, oh, I feel fine. Like the compound effect of it can really start to wear on you. So you do that two weeks straight. You might think you're fine after day one, day two, but then you get to day four, day five, and you're like, whoa, like this is, this was a little bit more than what I thought it was going to be. So make sure you're giving yourself like two weeks to really get a good sample size there. 
then slowly start to progress into the, like, there's no hurry. There's no sense in hurrying this process up. So take your time, slowly build up um, to where you feel comfortable. But at the end of it, it is like doctor's advice, physical therapists. I always tell people like that is completely out of my scope. Like you need to seek professional help with that. Yeah. And I, and I think, it, and I don't know how brand new you are. I mean, you said you had both your hips replaced and I'm not sure if this is something like new or not, um, or if it's just something like maybe years ago and you just haven't worked out since then. Um, but like if, if it, for those like brand new, like one thing that I've done, you know, one of my clients had a bilateral knee replacement and I had, and so she actually got her exercises program from her physical therapy. And like, we included that, like I made that her workouts basically like when I program those it's like things that she need to work on with her physical therapist. And then like, we're going to continue to progress from there as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it, when it comes to like the beginning exercises again, like it's just like one, like they've already said, like find out like what you're actually able to do right now. And I would start with like some simple like body weight stuff. I would not like start like loading things up right away and like, you know, ease yourself into it and don't overcomplicate it as well. Like I would, again, see what your body is going to react to and work your way into it. Awesome. Awesome. Revan, what is number five? Stacy, newbie gym rat here. What's more important, weight or reps? For example, would it be better to do 20 pounds for 15 reps or 30 pounds for eight reps? I feel like we've definitely like we've kind of covered a lot of this already. So I'm going to kind of like just kind of skim over it a little bit, but just because we've already addressed it. Um, and Stacey's my client. And I've actually addressed this question with her one-on-one, um, -on -one, but just context for those listening. Um, so when it comes to this, again, it's whatever's going to put you with inside of that rep range and as you're working up to it. So if you're doing, you know, if the rep range is eight to 12, then if you're doing 20 for 15, then we need to increase the weight to bring you back down into that eight to 12 rep range. So Again, like Revan said earlier, the heaviest weight that you can with inside of that rep range and then continue to work on that double progression where it's like working up through your reps. Once you get to the top of the rep range, increase the weight, drop the reps and work your way back up again as well. Anything else to add to that, guys? I know we've touched on that again a good bit. Yeah. Cool. Chris, what's number six? We got Jan has a couple. Yeah, Jan asked a few questions, all great questions. When building muscle, lift heavier or light, which we kind of just covered. Um, yep. What's the best warm-up, cardio before or after weight training, which is another great question because I get asked that a lot. Who wants to take that? Yeah, uh, so A is lift heavier. I mean, okay, so I, I want to say you can lift light. You can do and make progress. You can in, have hypertrophy or building muscle anywhere from six reps to 30 reps. Like it's such a wide range. What do you prefer doing? I will say you're going to build more strength at those lower numbers. Um, and it's going to just save you a little bit of time. I mean, you're literally doing 30 reps versus doing eight reps. Like that is a way more, that is almost four times as many reps that you're doing in that single set. Um, and, and you can't, I think the reason people ask this is you can't tone a muscle. Yeah. You can build a muscle, you can shrink a muscle, but you can't tone a muscle. All toning a muscle means is that you have enough muscle mass and a low enough body fat percentage to actually see that muscle mass. But that means that you need more muscle mass. Yeah. Hey, Brevin, real quick, um, to add on to A, this isn't really what she's asking, but I think it'd be good for the listeners. What about if somebody only has, like, let's say, like a 10 and 15 pound dumbbell set? I think that's a great question. We can add in something like tempo. You can slow the reps down. Okay, we'll use bench press because it's a really easy one to conceptualize. Slow the weight down on the way down. Pause in that bottom position. Press back up. You can add um, different variations. You can add all these other things. Um, but I think tempo is one of the best things that you could do um, and something I think you should utilize anyways, especially if your goal is building muscle. You can get more tension out of that same weight 
for having to do less overall weight. So it's just easier on the joints too. Um, yep. but I think you could add something like bands onto it as well. I had to do that during COVID. I would wrap a band around my body and yep. lay back for like floor press and do that. Um, and at that point, like I was doing close to 20 or 30 reps because that's literally all I had. Cause again, at the end of the day, it comes down to, you have to train close to failure. So if that means that you only have 15 pound doubles, you might do 30 reps. That's great. If you have 50 pound dumbbells, you might only have to do six. Yep. Everything's relative. Yep. As far as the best warmups go, I, I, I'm not one that, you know, a lot of people will be like, like, oh, like, go, go do this stretching routine, then, you know, go warm up on the treadmill, then go do this, then go do that, and then, like, do all these, like, mobility things. Like, yes, like, some mobility, some stretching, yada, yada, like, it, very minimal, but the biggest thing you can do for a warm up is just doing the exact same movement you're about to do. For example, let's say you're about to do, like, a goblet squat or a barbell back squat or something like that. Maybe start with just, like, some air squats with no weight. Then grab a light or lighter dumbbell or, you know, maybe just the bar if you're using barbell and do a couple warm up sets of that. But doing the same movement is going to warm up those muscles specifically, because if you're just like on the treadmill walking to warm up, how is that really going to warm up the muscles that you're about to actually train with some heavier weight? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I do. A, I do hot yoga for my warm up every every so often. So, uh <laughs> um yeah same thing like i'd say i always suggest like anytime we're doing like bench press do some push-ups right like that's kind of the same principles that i had as chase um and then cardio before or after weight training really goes back to like what's your priority here like is your is your uh goal cardio based if so then probably do it before weight training but if you're trying to get stronger in the gym um i would save your cardio till the end because ultimately you want to save all of that energy for those reps that you're going to be producing in the gym. Nope. Agree. Awesome. Then let's see here. Stacy asked, I've heard the idea of making decisions based upon how your quote unquote future self or your quote unquote new identity would respond. I feel that would be beneficial, but how does that look in a practical sense? All right. What do you guys want to take that one first? I love this question, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a really great question. And I think you have to ask yourself and I think you have to first determine like, who is that future you? Um, And I I think my favorite way to think about this is like, um, one year from now, who do you want to be? What does that person look like? How do they show up for themselves? How do they talk to themselves? What habits do they have? What things do they do on a daily basis? And if you start taking actions of this person, you will eventually become that person. I like to take it out of fitness too. Um, If you're broke and you say, hey, you know what? I want to be a millionaire. Well, if you have the habits of a broke person, you're never going to become a millionaire. But if you have the habits of that millionaire, everything that they do on a daily basis, if you have the spending habits and the saving habits and the work ethic and all these kind of things that that millionaire has, it might take you five years, but you're going to become that millionaire eventually. Um, obviously, uh, a pretty big, uh, a pretty big one there. But uh, same thing. I think it's the same idea. Is is who do you want to be and start taking actions of that person? So if you're in the situation right now, well what would future you do? You have two options. Well, you can either skip the gym because you don't feel like it today, or you go in there and just get it done because that's what future you would do. Same thing with meal prep. Like, Hey, I really don't feel like meal prepping today, but like, Hey, future me who's down 30 pounds, who has a better relationship with food, who tracks my calories, who hits my goals, who looks and feels the way that I want to. Well, what do they do? They, they meal prep today. Well, that's what I'm going to do today then. 
Yeah, I think from a practical sense too, I, I would take an inventory of what are the current habits that you do have right now. And I love Brevin starts. It starts out with like knowing your destination, where you want to go, and then also realizing like where you're currently at. And the only way to do that is just take an inventory of where you're at. Like write down every habit that you have. You wake up, you do this. Like you wake up, you do this. Does that align with what your future self is? And then it's like, all right, well, what adjustments do I need to make? Where where do I need to bridge the gap here to get to that future self? And then you just start taking action. Um, I feel like this is, uh, I've had a lot of conversations with like, how do I get protein in and this and that? You just start freaking eating protein. Like there's some things where it's like, you just have to just start doing. And this is kind of like, there's obviously some things that we we can do obviously to prep for this, but in the end of it, you like, you just have to start taking action with aligns with that person, that new identity. Hack your way through everything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I think you guys really covered that question really well there. And as far as you know, the rest of that goes, you know, in, in the moment when you're having these moments, whenever like you're maybe doubting yourself or like, what should you do next? Or you're asking these questions about, you know, is this right? Or is that right? Is this best? Is this best? Like, again, it all goes back to like knowing who that future self is and then asking yourself, what would they do? Rather than like, what do you what, what do you want to do versus what do you need to do as well to be but, that future self? And I think a lot of people think of this as like black and white and it's not. There's a huge gray area in this. It, it comes down to like you're trying to have more votes for that new person than the old person that you are. So like it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be like, well, I only take these habits now. I only do this. Like there's going to be times where you take habits of that old person, but you recognize it, you realize it and you start to make those changes. And again, you're just trying to have more votes for that new identity. You're just trying to stack those wins, create wins, and prove to yourself that you are that person. It's going to be different this time. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. Well, I think we're right at like 30 minutes here. Yeah. So let's, I think we'll go ahead and wrap this one up because the next question, um, Chris and Angelique, we will address your all's questions on the next episode. Uh, we've got a couple of really good ones coming up, but we are at 30 minutes. So we're going to wrap this episode up, but... Thank you guys for all the questions. Um, definitely keep those coming. We love your all's questions and um, haven't heard anybody say if they're interested in the in the live call in yet. But I've um, we, we do have a way of doing it, guys. If, if you guys are interested in that, let us know. <laughs> all right, guys. Have a good rest of your week. See ya. See you guys. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Chasing Health podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at changing underscore chase. Have a great day, guys. And remember, you matter.